أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, this is the final uh, surah of the Qur'an, surah number 114, Surah Al-Nas. Again, the uh, discussion is continued now. Remember that Tawheed was the foundation, that was the core mission of the Prophet ﷺ, cleansing of the Kaaba, establishing the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives. And therefore, Allah sent these two guardian angels, Surah Al-Falaq, to guard us from external evils, and Surah Al-Nas, to guard us from internal evils evils, which is the waswas of uh, the shaitan, the whispers of shaitan. And we also talked about the concept of seeking Allah's help from something dangerous that we don't see, right? In both cases, these are things that we don't see. The darknesses of the night, the you know, evil of the mag- magic, the evil of hasad, jealousy. These are things that we can't see. Similarly, shaitan is something we can't see. And we also talked about why we ask Allah's help once only in Surah Al-Falaq versus three times in Surah Al-Nas. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرَ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخْنَاسِ Why? Because it's a more serious and more desperate situation in Surah Al-Nas. Because these are internal evils of the shaitan's whispers that if we accept, then can have serious implications. And we will be held accountable for it, we will be questioned about it. Whereas external evils aren't really, you know, we won't be held accountable for them. They are out of our hands, right? And so therefore, we only ask Allah's help once. only From these three evils. So that's just a quick refresher. You can refer to Surah Al-Falaq's uh, talk if you want more details about this concept of seeking help from Allah and from what? Or seeking help of Allah from what? You know, these different things. So the surah ended, Surah Al-Falaq ended with وَمِنْ شَرِّ حَاسِدٍ إِذَا حَسَدٍ And from the evil of the envier as he envies, or when he envies. This surah is talking about the ultimate envier. The ultimate one who was jealous, who is who? Iblis. Shaitan, Iblis. Okay? The most jealous. And so Hasid is literally you know, internalized now or, or conceptualized in this uh, surah with Iblis. And so... Um, Surah Al-Falaq talks about worldly harm Because you know evil of the night uh, Evil of magic Evil of hasad This is worldly harm What about Surah Al-Nas? This is harm in your akhirah right? If you are someone who is listening to shaitan's whispers And you are someone who is you know, Constantly sinning, sinning, sinning Then this is going to be danger in akhirah It's a more serious, serious thing now um, Just to summarize Shaitan's four um, Weapons against mankind, okay, and uh, you know, there are the four D's, four D's. Remember them, okay. Number one, deception. Number two, doubts. Number three, desires, and number four, distraction. Okay, and and we'll see how beautifully these four are. You know, uh, repeated over and over again in this surah beautifully. Okay, so what are the four? Repeat after me. Number one, deception. He makes he beautifies this world to us. This is called zina. Right? He beautifies evil things to us, and good things he makes not nice to us. You know, the other thing is doubts. He creates doubts in your mind. Number three, desires, the temptation, the desires, especially for the opposite gender. 
for the males, this is one of the serious ones. And number four, distraction. He gets you distracted. And one of the biggest distractions is distraction from Allah, which is called forgetfulness. And that's why the surah's name is Surah Al-Nas. And Nas is the plural of insan. And insan was called insan. Why? Because of primarily two things, right? Forgetfulness and uns also. Insan is someone who likes to be loved. He likes to, you know, be, have company. That's why Adam, السلام, when he was alone in Jannah, I mean, he was in Jannah, but was he enjoying it? No, because he was alone. He needed uns. What was his uns? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Hawa for him. Okay? And so this is part of human being's nature. He wants to get married. He wants to have kids. He wants to hang out with friends. He's not a lonely person. Uh, if, you're, if you like to be alone, then there's something wrong with you. Yani, you know? So uh, these are the four whispers of shaitan. Shaitan whispers to you with these four, four Ds. Remember these four Ds. They will keep coming. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts up the surah by saying, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Again, قُلْ came. And you know, the Desis, they say, قُلْ قُلْ parlo, قُلْ parlo, you know. These are the قُلْز. <laughs> Actually, technically, the, there are two مُعَوِّذَتَان, you know. The two protectors are Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas. But قُلْ in the sense here, again, Allah is telling the Prophet humble yourself. You want my help from shaitan? Number one, step number one, Break your ego. Ask for my help in public. Say it out loud. Don't be ashamed of it. Admit that you are weak. And number two, obey my command. And become my slave. Again, become my slave, obey me, and then ask for my help. Like, First obey, and then seek help. That's the formula. Okay, that's the flow. So, and here again, notice Rabb is being repeated, right? Surah Al-Falaq is repeated. Like to the conclusion of the Qur'an now, Rabb, Rabb, Rabb is being repeated again. Master, Master, Master. Which means Allah is reminding us of our relationship with Him. The relationship of Master and Slave. And you know, throughout just Amma entirely, we've been repeating this theme over and over again. Why? Because Allah repeats it over and over again. And if you repeat something over and over again, that means it is important. And what else does it mean? It's something that we keep forgetting. Something that we keep forgetting. Okay? And, and this surah, like, subhanAllah, just notice how many times the word, you know, the word nas, it means people, but it also, because there's a kasra at the end, it's a short form of nasi, the forgetful one. So it's as if, you know, some, one interpretation of this is, nasi, the master of the forgetful. Malikin Nasi, Ilahin Nasi, the forgetful, forgetful. Mishar al Waswas al Khadnas, Aladi Waswifi Sudur al Nasi, Minal Dinati wa Nasi. So, how many times is Nasi repeated? Let's count. Wallahu bi Rabbin Nas, Malikin Nas, Ilahin Nas. Mishar al Waswas al Khadnas, Aladi Waswifi Sudur al Nas, Minal Dinati. Five times in this short surah. Forgetful, 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 forgetful. And Allah saying, What's the number one thing you forget? That you are my slave. You keep forgetting it. He's, he's drilling it, drilling it, drilling it, but we keep forgetting it. And you know, Surah Al-Fatiha started off with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Now Surah Al-Nas is, and Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas are ending with it. Qul'a'udhu bi Rabbil Falaq, qul'a'udhu bi Rabbil Nas. The start is master-slave relationship. The conclusion is master-slave relationship. I mean, you guys need any bigger hints? This is it. This is the core message of the Qur'an. 
accept Allah as your master and accept that you are his slave. This is the summary of the entire Quran. And with slavery comes obedience, humility, it's like the whole package, right? Giving everything it just fits in. You you can't be arrogant, you can't be an arrogant slave. You know? You can't be and you can't be a disobedient slave. It doesn't it doesn't work together, you know? So Let's just do a quick final refresher of this concept of master-slave. So, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduced the Prophet ﷺ to himself as Rabb when the first ayah that was revealed. اِقْرَأْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ You know, know that you, this is the ultimate relationship between the master and the slave. And then Musa السلام, also on the Mount of Tur. يَا مُوسَىٰ إِنِّي أَنَا رَبُّكَ فَخْلَعْنَ عَلَيْكَ Similarly, Isa السلام comes out, he knows his relationship. إِنِّي عَبْدُ اللَّهَ he didn't say, Inni Isa. He didn't say, I'm the son of Maryam. Inni Abdullah, number one. I am the slave of Allah. So this is the teachings of the Prophet okay? and, uh, and so what makes a slave a slave? The idea that it's a full-time job, obedience, humility, and in the case of our special relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, love. We love our master. Therefore, we choose to say, after knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Fatiha that He is that He's yani, deserving of our, our hamd, right? Gratitude and thanks. He's given us all these gifts and blessings. That He is a Rahman Rahim, that He is so merciful and so kind and caretaking. And the fact that He is so just. Now, what's the logical conclusion? Ya Allah. We have no option but to enslave ourselves to you. And we, we want to do it. And we love you for that. Because you're a unique master. You're not like the world, the evil masters who like to punish and you know, torture and they're just evil. Yani. And the worldly slaves, what do they want to do? They want to run away from the masters. They can't wait to get freed. Whereas us, we are opting in to be enslaved, subhanAllah. It's the complete opposite. Right? We want to be enslaved. And in that slavery, we find our freedom. And when we don't have that slavery, then we are enslaved to our mini idols, the mini pharaohs. And the midi idols, right? Enslaving yourself to money, enslaving yourself to your desires, enslaving yourself to, you know, your uh, addictions and your habits. And enslaving yourself to yourself. Enslaving, and you be, worship yourself. This is what Allah says in the Quran. Did you see the one who took his own self as his Rabb, as his God? He took his own self as his ilah. And there's people who literally worship themselves and that, that's where ego comes in, right? Ego comes because you love yourself more than anything else. You're obsessed with yourself. And that's where anger comes in then. Anyone who insults you, you can't stand it. How dare you talk to me like that? Right? It's self-love. Being completely obsessed with yourself. And so, part of Rabb was five meanings, right? The, the Malik, the owner, and therefore Allah has authority, authority over us. As Sayyid also, his terms. Murabbi, the caretaker, the one who constantly takes care of us. So there's that love and mercy in it. And, mun, and Mun'am, the one who constantly gives us gifts. And what's the last one? Al-Qayyim, the one who sustains us. Without him, we... Uh, we cannot survive, right? He keeps us going all the time. And so, Allah is reminding us here, you want my protection? Fulfill your role of slave first. Then I'll protect you from 
Who? Your ultimate enemy. And here's another important point that I want to mention. That unfortunately we have forgotten, number one, ourselves. We've forgotten our role of slave. And also we have forgotten who? Our biggest enemy. Allah is concluding the Qur'an by reminding us of our biggest enemy. Our biggest enemy is shaitan. But what is the tragedy of our times? We have made enemies of each other. We are fighting with one another. Countries are fighting wars against each other. Different sects and different ideologies are fighting one amongst each other. Whereas, and who's forgotten? The ultimate enemy. Subhanallah, you know? And Allah's concluding the Quran with this. So just try to imagine this, guys. Yani, you know how sometimes the concluding message of a movie is like the most important? You know that one last liner that comes, that wraps up the whole movie? This is what Allah is doing with the Quran. In such a short surah. It's not like Surah An-Nisa or Surah Al-Ma'idah, very long surah you have to study to know what's the bottom line conclusion of the Quran or the final message that Allah wants to leave with us. It's a very simple six ayat. Don't forget your ultimate enemy, it's shaitan. And he keeps distracting you. One of the D's, distraction. He keeps distracting you from this thought that he is your ultimate enemy. So don't forget him and remember him. And don't have a casual uh, you know, approach to this. You know, another problem we have is, number one, we forgot shaitan, our biggest enemy. Now, the other problem is, it's casual. Yeah, he's gone. No, your attitude should be desperation. Are we desperately seeking Allah's protection from shaitan? Or has it become a casual thing? Because guess what? If you're taking it casually, are you really going to be protected? No. And then you, you blame and then you, do, you, know, you ask yourself this question, why am, I keep, why am I keeping, why do I keep repeating my sins and doing tawbah and sins and tawbah and sins? You're in that rat race, right? Why? Because you're not sincerely, desperately asking Allah. Your attitude is not right. Allah's teaching us through the surah, you need to be someone who desperately seeks for this help. And when you show desperation, then Allah, inshallah, will one day free you from that sin. You know, there are certain sins that you're just stuck with, you know. Umrah after Umrah, that just keeps coming back. Ramadan after Ramadan, Laylatul Qadr after Laylatul Qadr. He's coming back, coming back, coming back. You can't get rid of that addiction. And you're wondering, Ya Allah, when are you going to get, you know, when are you going to free me from this? Allah is teaching us in this surah that when you, you will be freed from it, the day you accept your weakness, the day you become a true slave of Allah, and the day you have the right attitude of a slave, when you seek his help desperately. And put three lines under the word desperately. Because, you know, by repeating, Allah is teaching us this desperation. This attitude of desperately seeking Allah's help from this ultimate enemy. Don't take it lightly. Shaitan has deceived us to take him lightly. You know? And this is actually arrogance. Hidden arrogance, hidden ego. When you think you can, you can overpower shaitan. You know? When you think you, you've gotten shaitan, you know? You think you're like Umar ibn Khattab, who when he used to walk in one court, like one alley, shaitan would run away. No, you're not. You're not Umar. And you're not the Prophet who, you know, the Prophet says that every one of you will have a qareen, a shaitan with you. 
And in another hadith, he said that shaitan has, is flowing in your blood, every single one of you, except for his qareen. What happened to the Rasul's qareen? He accepted Islam. Okay, he gave up. So don't ever think that your qareen accepted Islam. That's why, ihdina sarat al-mustaqeem, ihdina sarat al-mustaqeem, ihdina sarat al-mustaqeem. 20, you know, 17 times minimum every day, ya Allah. And guess who's, uh, you know, sitting on that sarat al-mustaqeem? Shaitan. Shaitan said it in the Quran to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَأَقْعُدَنَّ لَهُمْ صِرَاطَكَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ لَأَقْعُدَنَّ لَهُمْ صِرَاطَكَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ I will most definitely sit on that Surat al-Mustaqeem for these slaves of yours. Why? Is he encouraging us to stay on the path? No, he wants to kick us off that path. He wants to push us off the path. And لَأَقْعُدَنَّ Look at that word لَأَقْعُدَنَّ Most definitely, surely, there's no doubt about it. There's like three levels of emphasis. And قُعُود is different than جلوس. قَعَد is different than جالس. قَعَد is your full alert. Ambush, you know? You have a mission. You're dedicated. Full focus. Jealous, you're chilling, you know? And so, shaitan, that's his attitude with us. Look at his determination and look at our determination to fight him off. Who's stronger? An attitude. He is, right? That's why we, we keep falling in traps, yeah. But the true believer, the one who has true trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as-samad, he just he's told you he's samad. You need help in, in certain sins, you know, being uh, free from certain sins, go back to as-samad with the right attitude. With the right approach, you know, show desperation, show that you're serious, show Allah that you're committed to becoming a slave, show that you are ready for this, show that you deserve it, and when you are, when you deserve it, then He will have no, He will, uh, you will be free from Him. And He said this in the Quran. He said that I will make all your slaves fall astray, except who? Illa ibadakal mukhlasin, except for your slaves who are sincere. Those who are sincere, and this is mukhlasin, not mukhlasin, right? Not those who are in themselves sincere. Those who get that special sincerity. Remember I told you there's two types of sincerity. Mukhlis and mukhlas. Mukhlas is when you, from your own effort, try to be sincere and you have these right intentions. But mukhlas is when Allah, after a certain period, He says, yeah, this guy, this slave of mine, this, you know, this girl, this sister, yeah, mukhlas, khlas. He's proved himself. And that's where, you know, you, you get in that category where shaitan really, يعني, uh, you know, has an exception for that rule. He can't, he can't get you off track. But then again, can any of us say that we're, we're going to reach that stage where we're, we're not going to be free from his threat? No. You've got to keep asking for guidance, 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 guidance. Shaitan wants to get you off track. And so... This concept of Rabb, do not forget it. It's a summary of the entire Quran. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, this is the agreement we signed with him before the creation of Adam alayhi salam. Alastu bi Rabbikum, he asked us, right? In our spiritual form. And we all, all human, all of humanity, they all agreed. Bala shahidna. Yes, indeed. And we bear witness, ya Allah, that you are our Rabb. And therefore, we are your slave. We've signed on that deal. And so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given shaitan this uh, power to distract. فَاسْتَحْوَذَ عَلَيْهِمُ الشَّيْطَانُ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ ذِكْرَ اللَّهِ 
shaytan made them forget the remembrance of Allah. Then Allah says about these people, Ulaika Hezbullah, Ulaika Hezbullah Shaytan. They are the, from the friends of Shaytan. And Ula inna Hezbullah Shaytani hum al Khasirun. That there's no doubt about it, this Hezbullah Shaytan, this, this clan of Shaytan, they are the ultimate losers. But Shaytan has the power to make us forget. Deception, again. Okay? This is the power that he's given us. Or this is the power that Allah has given him. The power of deception. The power of forgetfulness, making us forget. So, after saying, What's the second reminder here? That he is your malik. He is your owner. He is the king. He is the authority. And therefore, Allah is here telling us, You want Allah's help? Obey his rules. Obey his authority. Unlike Quraysh, remember? Quraysh believed in Allah al-Khaliq. They believed that Allah is Khaliq, but they didn't want to follow the terms. They didn't want authority. They wanted to you know, live their life in their own comfort zone. They didn't want someone to tell them what to do, what not to do, how to eat, how not to eat, what to say, what not to say, how to do your business, what not to do. You know? They wanted their own rules. And so Allah is saying, you want my help? Come under my authority. Malikin nas. And then ilahin nas. Aliha. Remember we talked about Allah, the word Allah. One of the meanings of that is al-ilah, the ultimate ilah, the, the one God. And aliha has different meanings. One of them is the one who is worshipped, the one who is loved, and the one who is turned to. When you lean on to someone, aliha. And so Allah is saying, you, you need to internalize these three names, Rabb, Malik, and Ilah. These three beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Internalize these three names in your life. Okay? And then, seek my help. That's the attitude we should have. Okay? The attitude of, uh, you know, seeking Allah's help, leaning onto Him. Aliha, from Ilah, right? Leaning onto Him. And um, what's interesting here is the, the order now. Okay? So, Allah started by saying, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ nas." And Rabb here means caretaker also, right? So Rabb also, Rabb al-Bayt is the caretaker of the house. So it's like, as, as, um, you know, in terms of size, it's small. It's your, your, when you see, like, let's say I need help from my parents, right? I need my parents to help me out with something. It's a small capacity. But then when the parents can't help, what do you do? You go to a higher authority. Who's the higher authority? The king, Malik al-Nas. But then when the king can't help you, then who do you go to? Ilah al-Nas. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's going from small to medium to large, you know. So that's really the flow of the surah. And um, again, Allahu Samad is being repeated here. This surah is actually repeating the lesson of Samad is there. The one who is enough for you to turn to, turn to him. Turn to him. You know, seek his help. And uh, why do why these three, themes, three names mentioned? Because shaitan makes us forget Rabb. He makes us forget that Allah is the authority. And he makes us forget that Allah is our ilah. And he deceives us and distracts us and makes us think otherwise. So what's the solution? How do you fight shaitan? By remembering Allah. That is the weapon that the believer has against shaitan, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why we're supposed to pray five times a day. That's why we're supposed to continuously read Quran. That's why we read the adhkar, the dua. All these are ways, you know, sitting in these darooses and listening to lectures on YouTube and this. 
this, these remembrances will keep your ruh alive. And what happens to shaitan when you remember Allah? He's defeated. He has no power over you. The moment you forget Allah, what happens? He'll attack. Okay? And so, min sharril waswasil khannas. Now that we finished with the first introduction part of the surah, now we get into the actual, what's the actual uh, danger, ya Allah? Protects us from the evil of al waswasil khannas, the whisperer and the retreater. Okay? Let's talk about this a bit. From the evil of al-waswas. What is al-waswas? The one who whispers over and over and over and over again. Just like zilzal. Remember? إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا When letters are repeated in Arabic language, in, the, in, the, in a word, it emphasizes repetition. And repetition after a pause. You know how like earthquake happens and there is a pause. Then it happens again and there is a pause, right? Similarly, shaitan will whisper, then he'll retreat a bit. Then he'll whisper again and retreat a bit. And this is what happened with, by the way, uh, Adam السلام, and, Ibli, uh, and uh, Hawa. Shaitan, a lot of people have this false concept that shaitan went to them once and told them to eat from the tree and they ate from the tree and they were sent out of Jannah. No. Did he do it in one go? No, it was whisper after whisper after whisper. Allah told them, Don't go near that tree. So in the beginning, they weren't going near, but slowly, slowly, one step at a time. These are the footsteps of shaitan. One step at a time. He lures you in, deceives you in, you know, makes you forget and, and entices you. You know, فَدَلَّهُمَا بِغُرُورُ Allah says in Surah Al-A'raf. Literally, dalu is like a, you know, a bucket in a well that's lowered down. Slowly, slowly, he lowers down the bucket for you. And slowly pulls you up. You won't feel it. You know, that's the strategy of shaitan. And so here, al-waswas, through that word, we're learning that this is his profession. And we're learning that he keeps on doing this. This is all he does. Whisper after whisper after whisper. whisper. And at the same time, is he going to give up? Is he ever going to say, khalas, I give up? No, he's committed. And also, shaitan, part of his success, you know what part of his success is? That he's very patient. We need to learn from shaitan, by the way. Patience. He's very patient with you. He, yani, he will wait 10 years, 20 years to get you off track. No problem. And remember that concept of a crack in a dam wall? Right? Shaitan doesn't want to destroy the wall. All he wants to put is what? One crack. And that's it. That crack over time with the pressure of the water, what is going to happen? It's going to fall apart. So he's after that one crack. And he's going to be very patient with you. Very, very patient with you. you know, one step at a time. And, and so, this is the, the subtlety of this word, al-waswas. And at the same time, al-khannas. Now, that's the opposite. A lot of people don't know what khannas means, right? Khannas is the one who retreats. So, wait a second. Shaitan actually retreats? Yes, he does. When does he retreat? When we remember Allah. When we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shaitan retreats. He goes back into defense mode. And when does he attack? So whispering is attacking. Khannas is retreating. Waswas is attack. Khannas is defense. There's like an attack-defense game happening. When does he attack? When we forget Allah. When does he retreat? When we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So also another meaning of al-khannas is that he retreats. You know how like sometimes... Uh, you set a trap for somebody and then you retreat, you hide behind a wall or a bush. 
and you just wait for them to fall in a trap and then you, you know, you celebrate that defeat or you celebrate your victory over them. That's another meaning of Khannas, that he, he attacks, he sets the trap, then he retreats to wait for you to fall in the trap and then he, you know, him and his crew laugh at you. They actually make a joke out of it, they humiliate you. Ah, we got him again. He fell for it again. That's also in Al-Khannas. So Allah is teaching us his strategy. He's exposing his strategy to us. You know? This is out of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And um, so, so, you know, Shaytan said in, in uh, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانٌ إِلَّا مَنْ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْغَاوِينَ إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانٌ My slaves, you will not have any power over them. Notice this word. My slaves, you will not have or overpower them. What, what does that mean? Allah is saying, if we really lived our lives as true slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shaitan wouldn't have a sultan over us. He wouldn't have a power over us. So what are the two solutions to, to overpower shaitan? Slavery and remembrance. And by the way, you know, an interesting point here is, you know, part of a slave is that he loves his master, right? Now, one of the proofs that you love your master is what? You remember him all the time. You know, like, you know, my wife has been away all of Ramadan, right? Now, if I, um, if I don't keep messaging her, you know, I miss you, I'm thinking about you, this, that, what's she going to think? You know, and I, and I meet her after a month and say, hey, I, I love you, you know. And what, what would she say? No, you don't love me, you liar. You didn't message me once that you miss me, that you think about me. You always wait for me to message you. You never sent me like a nice message or a nice reminder. You never called me. You always wait for me to call you. You don't love me. I love you, but you don't love me. You love, you know, your Quran there's more or whatever, you know. And so, uh, one of the proofs of love is that you remember. Have you ever thought about that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You ask any Muslim, do you love Allah? Yeah, 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 I love Allah. Do you love the Prophet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think about Allah all the time? In your free time? You know? Uh, no, not really. You know, maybe we do adhkar, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, but it's just lip service. But when you love someone, you think about them all the time. That's one of the signs and proofs of love. And when you uh, love someone, then you miss them also. Have you ever thought about in your sujood? Like, try this once. Just do sajda, long sajda, and just tell Allah, Ya Allah, yeah, I miss you. I really can't wait to meet you. Try that. Wallah, yani. This is the attitude we should have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, that is true love. It's not just, yeah, love Allah. No, this is true love. If you love someone, you miss them. You want to be with them, right? You want to be with them all the time. And when you're distant from them, then you miss them. And you long for that. And you can't wait to, you know, and you enjoy talking to them for long conversations. That's, this is how you prove. These are tips for guys who want to get married, yeah. You want to prove love to your wives? Don't assume she knows, yeah. Don't assume, yeah, of course she knows I love her. No, you got to say it to her. You got, and you got to prove it by... Texting her every now and then and calling her and saying, I miss you and this and that and expressing your love and, and showing her that you actually miss her and, 
and that you like to spend time with her. If you don't like to spend long hours with her, that means you don't love her. You know, you're saying it, but you, you like to spend time with your friends at the shisha place. You like to spend time uh, playing video games. You like to spend time watching cricket matches and movies. But with her, it's just five minutes. Uh, how are you? Nice food, you know? Looking good. You know, did you change the diapers? Good job, you know? Did you clean the bathroom? Yeah. Okay, I'm going out to my friends. <laughs> That's not love, Liani. So part of this is um, that, Liani, when we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remembering Him becomes easy. You know? And then when you remember Allah, shaitan won't have power over you. Okay, so these are another, some of the lessons of Tawheed also. Remember? The shirk of love versus true love. This is true love. Loving Allah more than anything else. And then when you love Allah more than anything else, then you think about them all the time. When you think about them all the time, shaitan is powerless. You know? Um, and so, you know, nowadays we, we are living in times where there's so many cases of people being possessed by jinn. And, you know, like there's this... Uh, masjid near our house Literally every night uh, You know there's a queue of cars You know Of cases of jinn possession And there's this special guy Who after Isha Salah It's known yeah, After Isha He goes there car by car You know reads, it, they, they come out of the car They go in this room He reads to them the, some, some things like Ruqya and stuff and you hear like this jinn coming out of them and crazy like sounds. Yani. You could go there one day, inshallah, I'll tell you where it is later on. But every night this happens, guys. Cars and cars piled up waiting for this guy to read on them. Yani. So these cases are happening so much in our society. Um, why? Because Iman is not there. We aren't going back to a summit. We have taken this enemy lightly. We are not, you know, we're not uh, obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're not fulfilling the role of slave. And therefore, we're paying the price, right? Remember I told you, evil, a lot of people complain, why is there evil? Why is there? It's because of yourself. Blame yourself. You know, so a lot of people have these situations and misery in their lives and darkness. Allah has given us the solution. The Quran has a solution. You know, you don't need to go to some uh, guy to read on you, yakhi. Read al-ma'awidatan, internalize the meanings, become a slave of Allah, remember Allah, you know? Yani, it's really a sad tragedy, wallahi. And, and, you know, people who go through these problems, this is like a huge tragedy in their lives, it's suffering. Parents are suffering, their wives and spouses are suffering, they are suffering emotionally, psychologically, their entire life is messed up. You know? And Allah said, Allah is Samad. He is enough for you. You know, but this is because we are distant from the Quran. We're distant from these small surahs that have profound lessons in them that even like, you know, kids have memorized these surahs, right? But where are, where are we from these meanings and these lessons and these realities in our lives? You know? So this stuff needs to be out. People need to know how we deal with shaitan and what's the cure, you know? So what does he do? الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ nas. Allah repeated the word يُوَسْوِسُ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ Again, why? To emphasize he's not going to give up. He's not going to give up. He's not going to give up. Don't ever think you're free from it. Don't ever think you're free. You're weak. You're weak. You're weak. Be humble. Be humble. Don't be arrogant. Keep remembering Allah. This is a fight. This is the battle between you and shaitan. 
This is that battle that you need to yani, remind yourself of every single day. You know? When you read the surah and your salah, this should remind you, Ya Allah, today's another day against shaitan and I'm going to defeat him today. Wallahi, yani you have to consciously be aware of this. Otherwise, he's going to get you into tra his traps. Yani. Forget it. Yani. You know? So, The one who whispers into the chests of these people. Why chest, not heart? Allah didn't say, Why? Because shaitan has been given access just to the chest, not to the heart. He has, and this is part of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because had he had access to the heart, then we would basically have no option. But the chest means basically he has the option to knock on the door. Hello, can you watch that shameless video? Hey, how about, you know, you go out with your friends for a shisha today. How about you smoke? It's been a while, you know. How about you go to that bad place tonight? So he just knocks. He has access to do wiswas in the sadr. But then who invites him in? Hey, come in, shaitan. Who gives them access to the heart? We do. And therefore, on the day of judgment, there's actually a conversation recorded in the Quran where shaitan will do a, make a khutbah in the... You know, in the, on the day of judgment, he will actually have a khutbah. And the khutbah, you know what he'll say? Uh, don't blame me today. I only invited you. You're the one who accepted my invitation. So don't blame, and don't blame me, blame yourself. Wallahi, this is what he'll say in the khutbah. And that will be the day of regret. Yawm al-hasra. Allah says about the day of judgment. The day of regret. Why? Because... He will say, I only invited you. I had no sultan over you. I had no power over you. I just, I just invited you. And you kept letting me in. You kept letting me in. You kept letting me in. And you know, the more we let shaitan in, what happens to the heart? With the sins. Blackens up, blackens up, blackens up. Then when, you, when the heart blackens up, does remembrance happen? Then you'll be reading Quran, you'll be reading Quran but remembrance won't happen. You'll still be falling into sin. Then you'll be standing in prayer, but remembrance won't happen because the heart is corrupt. And so, you know, another important point we have to realize, guys, is that just physical prayer without spirituality in it won't give you remembrance. If you're praying, standing in prayer, yes, you're doing the numbers. You're doing four rak'ah, two rak'ah, three rak'ah. But if you don't internalize what you're saying, if you don't have khushu, it's not a quality prayer, then remembrance didn't happen. If you're reading Quran, just do the khatma, you know, just to flip some pages. So you can post on Facebook, Alhamdulillah, I did my khatma, then, sorry, you, yeah, you got the edge for reading the letters, but did you get remembrance? No. So our attitude when we pray, it's advice, okay? Listen up. Your attitude, your niyyah, your intention before praying should be, Allah, I want to remember you. I want your guidance. I want, I want this five, ten minutes that I'm spending with you. To be quality remembrance. Ya Allah, fuel me up with remembrance and iman. So I can, between salah, fight against shaitan. Before reading Quran, Ya Allah, I'm reading Quran not to seek knowledge. I'm reading Quran, I want to remember you, Allah. I want this remembrance to benefit me. I want guidance so that this can help me in my battle against shaitan between, you know, in the, from the next time I'm going to read Quran. That should be our intention. Not just dry worship, dry rituals. Where we get happy, alhamdulillah, I prayed five times a day, alhamdulillah, I read Quran, alhamdulillah, I read my athkar. 
You don't know what you're saying. You're not internalizing what you're saying. And then you complain, I'm praying five times a day, but I'm still falling into sin. I'm reading Quran, but I'm still falling into sin. Allah says, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغِيِ That salah, proper salah, quality prayer, prevents you from fahsha and munkar and baghi, all sorts of evil that shaitan gets you into. So if your salah, if you're praying and you're still falling into fahsha and munkar al baghi, then what's happening? Something's wrong with your salah. Fix your salah. Okay. يوسوسو, يوسوسو, it's a fa'al mudara. It's a present and future tense form of the verb. He does it presently and he is going to continuously do it over and over and over again, never stopping. And you know, to, to understand this axis of the, the chest, right? Imagine that there's a castle. And this earth, there's a boundary. So shaitan has access to get into the gates, but not into your castle. You know how like you have a castle and then a boundary? He has access to come into the boundary and knocks on the door. But who's going to let him in? You have the power to let him in. When you are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will you let him in? Obviously no, because you know he's a, you're aware that he's there. You're not ghafil. Ghafla is when you're deceived. When you, you, there's this hijab on you, you can't see. And therefore you let him in. Yeah, sure, come in. You know? But um, when you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're going to let him in. Okay. So, I can't emphasize on this more. Allah is saying, So be alert. Another problem we have today is that we're not alert anymore. We have distracted minds. Minds with, with junk and with like, you know, entertainment and social media and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and comedy shows and movies and music and all this distraction, what, does it hap- what happens to us? We become people who are not alert. And when you're not alert, shaitan gets you. You know? So to, ha- to, be, to be alert of shaitan and to be aware of him, you need to be present. You need to be someone with clear mind. You need to be of clear mind and clear, ha- clear heart. When your heart is corrupted, when your mind is corrupted, then shaitan is easy access. He's going to deceive you. He's going to get into you. With doubts and desires. The two weapons of shaitan, by the way. Doubts for the mind. Desires for the heart. Okay? And, and this theme has been repeated over and over in the Quran. غَيْرَ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ مَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ What was their problem? Why was Allah angry with them? Because there's a disease in the heart. They have knowledge, but they're not acting upon the knowledge. What about dhalin? The problem is they are ignorant. They're acting without knowledge. These are the two weapons, right? Doubts and desires, and then deception and distraction. You see how it's all linked? It's all linked. How does shaitan give you, get in, give you doubts and desires? When he deceives you and distracts you. And we're living in the age of distraction, aren't we? Right? The age of distraction. Everyone says, I don't have time for salah. I don't have time for Quran. I don't have time to listen to this good YouTube dars of Quran. I'm busy. Busy with what? With distractions. Al-haakum takathur Accumulation of worldly things has distracted you. SubhanAllah. It's like just continuation of the same lessons. Refreshing over and over again. And so Allah says... وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانِ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ There's two types of zina now, two types of decoration in the heart. Either shaitan, وَإِذْ زَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ عَمَالَهُمْ Either shaitan will beautify sins for you in your heart, if you are away from Allah's remembrance, or Allah will beautify iman in your heart. Subhanallah. And you know, um, a believer, 
you know, he goes through phases in his life. In the, in the, in the, in the first phase of his, his journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, good deeds will feel difficult and bad deeds will be beautiful. But as you progress with Allah and get closer to Him in His journey, then what does Allah do? He flips it for you. He will beautify, and this proof of this ayah, Allah literally will beautify iman in your hearts and and He will make kufr and fusuq all shamelessness and all sorts of sins ugly to you. But this happens when? When you live that journey, when you're on that journey of Surat al-Mustaqeem. Constantly asking Allah for guidance, constantly going towards, closer to that path towards Him, you know? Increasing your love for Him, increasing your relationship with Him, improving your khushu' improving your understanding of the Qur'an and seeking guidance with the Qur'an and, you know, being around good company, which is going to be another topic we'll talk about in the next ayah. Okay? Crucial, crucial part. Min al-jinnati wa nas So Allah here is ending this uh, surah with the types of uh, evils. There's two, two types of shaitan, basically. Type, uh, type A and type B. Type A is... The, uh, the one, the unseen, min al-jinnah, and then min al-nas also. There's shaitan from ints also, from people, subhanAllah. And what's the name of the surah? Surah al-nas, not surah al-jinn. Yeah, there's another surah, surah al-jinn. But in this context, surah al-nas. And Allah ended this surah with this word, al-nas, which means beware of bad company. Literally, shayateen walking around you. Shayateen in your neighborhood, shayateen among your friends, shayateen on your Facebook uh, friends list who keep posting that shameless stuff. Block them off, man. Delete them. Or at least message them something, a reminder or something. Or those shayateen on your WhatsApp group who keep posting these shameless things. Shayateen at your workplace who keep, you know, doing riba and namima and you know, distract you. Anyone who distracts you from Allah technically is a shaitan. Yeah. Someone who calls you to other than Allah. Someone who calls you to disobedience. And do we have a lot of those nowadays around us? If not physically, then on TV. Look at the shayateen on TV, man. Right? Look at the entertainment industry. Yani, and, and what's the sad reality is that our youth has, has become uh, like they actually worship these American, Indian, Arab idols, basically. SubhanAllah. These shayateen who are literally promoting shamelessness and distraction from shaitan and uh, distraction from Allah and deception and doubts and desires. This is what the entertainment industry is distraction, doubts, desires, and deception. Right or no? Shaitan's tool, the television, the smartphone, right? So this is serious stuff and it's so accessible nowadays. Back in our days, like when I was in school, we didn't have phones. Alhamdulillah, we had, they used to call them the bleep, you know, the beepers, yeah, the pager. That's it, you know? And you have to go and call, use the public phone or borrow a phone from somebody. But no one had... Nowadays, this is the trial of our times. Yani. May Allah help us when it comes to deciding to buy a smartphone for our children. Yani. 
What's age, appropriate age? I keep getting this question, you know. Should I buy my six-year-old a smartphone or no? She says all her friends have one. Does she have to be the odd one out or no? Big, big, tough question. So, min al-jinnati nas Beware of the shayateen of jinn. Not just jinn, not just iblis and his crew, but also... Nas. And by the way, jinnah here also means that there's many of them, right? Shaitan has a whole entire crew, entire team. They're doing teamwork, okay? Dedicated. Like again, we're learning lessons of vision from Shaitan. Number one, he's dedicated. He's hardworking. He's, you know, committed. What else? He has teamwork. He's a good leader. He's inspired a lot of people to do his job, right or no? And we also learn nowadays that even in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of uh, magic and kufr and you know happening where you worship like the uh, what's that you know the name of their god Lucifer yeah I mean there's YouTube videos about this stuff I mean I don't advise you to go too much into that but you know the Freemasons and the Dajjal and Lucifer and worshiping the devil and having all these rituals where you know when the more you disbelieve the more celeb- the more bigger of a celebrity you become you know and then the, the, the more you disbelieve, the less clothes you wear. You know, and the more shameless you get, and the more filthy you get. And we've seen examples of this. Like, you know, personalities like Hannah Montana, who was like that innocent teenager, you know, who had that show. And now look at what she's ended up in. You know? And so, min al jinnati wa nas. So, what are the footsteps of shaitan? Very interesting. Shaitan, like I told you, is very patient. So, his biggest goal is disbelief. If disbelief, halas, hellfire, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all sins except what? Shirk. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all sins except for shirk. It's something that He does not forgive. So if He gets that done, halas, check. He doesn't need to bother with you. If disbelief is not there, then He'll get, in, get you into the second stage with His innovation. Bid'ah, you know? He'll get you into doing things that you think are right, but there are things that you have invented yourself to get close to Allah. It won't be of any benefit to you, it won't be of any acceptance to you. And then if he can't get you into innovations, then he'll get you into major sins. Major sins that will, you know, destroy your iman. And then if he can't get you into major sins, what will he do? What's the next level? Minor sins. Okay, a, a glance here, you know, a, a, a small comment there. Small sins. And then if he, if he can't get you even to minor sins, mashallah, you're muttaqi, what's he going to do? He's going to get you to waste time. Not doing good deeds. You know? You're not doing bad deeds, but you're not doing any good deeds. Can that happen, by the way? Yeah, give me examples of how can you, like, not do anything, Yani. You're not doing good deeds and not doing bad deeds. Yeah, watching cricket, no bad deeds, no good deeds, just time wasted, right? Mm. So, uh, sitting, on a ch- on a sitting in a masjid, sitting in a masjid for forever and ever and not doing anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, if he, if he can't get you to waste time, then you know what he's going to do? He's going to make you do the lesser of two good deeds. Even in good deeds, he'll make you to do the thing that's of less. So, like, for example, on one hand, your, your mother's calling you, I need to go to the hospital. What's shaitan going to make you do? No, no, stay in the masjid, read sunnah, prayer, read some Quran, you know. 
do da'wah. Your mother's calling you. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? So you're doing the lesser of two deeds. Subhanallah. You see how, like, this is his strategy. You know, he's very patient and he's not going to give up. That's, he wants that small crack. And, you know, this happens with relationships between, like, male and females. You know, shaitan's goal is that's one eye contact first. And then the, the next step would be the smile. One smile. And then the third step would be a conversation. Fourth step would be exchanging numbers or Facebook profiles. Fifth step would be sending the message. Sixth step would be video or for first photo, let's say photo. Seventh step video and then the rest is censored. Yani. Okay? But you guys get the idea, right? Footsteps, very patient. So um, one more thing I want to mention before we end the series, right? Very important that Shaitan, when it came to the story of Adam and Hawa, right? His goal of doing wiswas, whispering, was not to get them to disbelieve, not to get them to get out of Jannah. He actually says it explicitly in Surah Al A'raf. His goal was to remove their clothes. So that he could expose their shame. This was his goal. Why? So that they could expose their clothes. This is the objective of shaitan. And look at our entertainment industry, fashion industry. Is it working? Because when that happens, then what happens to iman in society? Khalas, destroyed. What happens to the hearts? Black. What happens to khushu and salah? Gone. What happens to connection with Quran? Gone. Mission done. You know, so shaitan doesn't necessarily want you to go to a club or something. He just wants you to watch some shamelessness and khalas, job done. Spend some time in the masjid. It's okay. You're addicted to that stuff. Job done. You know, you won't have remembrance. Job done. And so, and you know, the word used here for bodies, right? When Allah talked about them exposing themselves, their bodies by removing their clothes, he used a word called sawa. From sawa, which actually, you know, there's other words in the Arabic language for body, but he used sawa. Why? Sawa comes from the root word su, which means evil. And it's used for dead bodies, basically. When Qabil killed Habil, the body was named sawa, sawat akhi, a dead body. So, what's Allah teaching us here? He's teaching us modesty. That when, when clothes come off, that is actually, yani our reaction to seeing that kind of stuff, that nudity, is supposed to be equivalent to seeing a dead corpse. Now, what's the reaction when you see a dead corpse? What's your first reaction when you see a dead corpse? Disgust, right? Disgust. Ugh. You, you shut that thing immediately. Yani. Have you ever seen anyone addicted to watching dead corpses? Yes or no? Do you guys know any weird people like that? No, I haven't come across. I remember there was a website once. I think it was called Rotten.com or something, which showed you like uh, dead bodies and stuff. Yeah, sick stuff. I think they blacklisted or something. I don't encourage you to go there. But uh, there are some sick people who do that. But that's sick stuff, right? Being addicted to watch dead bodies. Allah is saying, if you are addicted to shamelessness, then it's, 
equivalent to you being addicted to watching dead bodies. That's how sick you are. So our initial reaction to watching, to seeing anything shameless should be, ugh, close it. Don't look at that stuff, man. Please change the channel. Not, wow, inshallah, subhanallah, you know? <laughs> so you see how sick we have become? This is shaitan's footsteps, you know? So uh, do not underestimate the waswas of shaitan because he was able to make Qabil, the son of a prophet, do what? Kill his own, what? Brother. Over what? Jealousy. Okay? So footsteps of shaitan can be severe. Can be seriously, seriously messed up. And, and yani, Qabil is like the beginning of humanity. Allah taught us this lesson right from the beginning. Number one, with Adam Hawa falling into a trap, but of course doing tawbah. Number two, Qabil. Yani, the first two stories, story of Adam and story of Qabil, shaitan won. Is that a coincidence? Allah is telling us the seriousness of the matter. And uh, lastly, the idea of company. The Prophet has given us so much advice on watching who you hang out with, who is your company. That the, you are on the deen of your friends. So watch out who you hang out with. Literally. You know, um, and, and this comes into, even like uh, when it comes to like getting married and stuff. You know, I had this friend once who told me like, this is this is really amazing girl and she's nice and all this and she wants to wear hijab and all this. But like her friends are all messed up and they, you know, I'm not comfortable with her company and stuff. Yeah. That's a big sign, you know. If someone likes to hang out with bad company, then there's a problem, right? There's, uh, alarm should signal, yeah. And if you like to hang out with good people, wow, mashallah. So you want to know, you know if someone's good or no? Look at who he hang out Who does he hang out with? Does he like to go to the masjid or no? Does he like to sit and chill with brothers in the masjid or no? Who is your company? And we're living in that age where it's so difficult to find good company. Right or no? I have this complaint over and over again from parents who say, yani, you're, you're right, good company is important, but where are they? Where is this good company? It's so difficult to find good friends. And this is for parents, it's a big concern. And so, yani, one, of that's, one of the solutions I usually recommend is find good company. Uh, you find good company in the right places. You, you can't find good company in a nightclub. Yani. You're going to the wrong places to find. Similar to when someone says, I'm, I'm trying to find a daughter, a suitable, like righteous uh, sister, uh, writer's girl for my, uh, for my son. But they're looking in the wrong places. They're looking in the wrong community. There are amazing, mashallah, righteous sisters where? In the right companies. Go into the right Quran academies and halaqat and you know. When you go there, you will find good people. And so it's not like good people aren't there, but you just have to go to the right places to find good people. You know? And you have to make an effort. You can't just sit there, I don't have good company, so I'm going to hang out. No, you have to be proactive. And look out, just like you use Google for searching filth and shamelessness, use Google and search for good company if you are desperately seeking purification. Right or no? Can you find good company if you search for it? Of course you will. Make a few calls, ask around, where's you know, any da'wah organization in Bahrain? Yeah, mashallah, discover Islam, this, that, falak. You know. 
slowly, slowly you get, you get uh, introduced to people and then you start getting into the circle. But you have to be proactive. You have to be proactive and you have to take that step. You can't just sit there and expect things to happen. Yeah. And because these, these uh, organizations and these uh, communities are small and rare, you have to go out of your way to go there. You know? And this is part of ego, actually. Another problem is we don't want good company because of ego. We have that Qureshi ego. That me hanging out with those brothers from that organization, those cheap brothers, no. Ego. You see? I don't want to hang out. Those, I feel weird with them. Man. You know? So, you want good company or you want ego? Choose. Because this good, good company, to be hang out with them, you need humility. You need to be humble. You know? So decide, where, where do you want to be? Yeah? There's no excuses. Wallahi, for bad company, there's no excuses. And, you know, last, uh, last resort is online. Use your free time to get virtual company, good company. Yeah. Watch beneficial videos on YouTube. Go, go to HalalTube and, like, hang out with people literally when you're when you're listening to like a 20 minute lecture or khutbah or quran dars you're hanging out with that personality for that 20 minutes that's good company isn't it it's virtual company right so spend that time wisely if you don't have physical friends use the blessing of internet for that yeah. so um Last but not least, I'd like to end by showing you, inshallah, and explaining to you how Fatiha and Nas are connected to one another beautifully also, okay? So, in, uh, in Surah Al-Fatiha, we said, Iyaka nasta'een. Oh Allah, we seek your help in, in the journey towards slavery, right? Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'een. In Surah Al-Nas, what do we say? A'udu, right? A'udu, which is isti'adha. So both, we're seeking help in both. In the beginning, uh, in Surah Al-Fatiha, we're seeking help in good. In the final conclusion, we're seeking help from evil. And subhanAllah, Surah Al-Fatiha, the core message is a dua. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeen. Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas are also dua. A'udhu billah, ya Allah, we seek protection. So Allah is emphasizing the importance of dua. Never ever underestimate the importance of dua in seeking protection. And dua in general, you know. This is another topic we could talk about for hours and hours, but dua. This is a legacy of the prophets. Ibrahim alayhi salam, I mean, one dua and look at, look at Mecca now. Look at this deen. Look at his, mes- uh, his uh, legacy of tawheed, his mission and vision. The Prophet alayhi salam, seerah over and over again, dua, dua, dua. Musa alayhi salam, dua, dua, dua. Nuh alayhi salam. Dua is fundamental part of us. When do we make dua? Late al-Qadr only. Right or no? It's sad. Or when someone's sick. Or when someone dies in janazah, like for a few minutes, you know? Where is dua in our lives? You know? And, and technically, we're making dua in Fatiha when we read it. So, yani, just internalize that idea of importance of dua. In Surah Al-Fatiha, we said, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. In Surah Al-Nas, we're saying, Qul a'udhu. So the word Rabb, the name of Allah, Rabb, is repeated. And then in Surah Al-Fatiha, we said, Malik Yawmiddin, Malik al-Nas. 
In Surah Al-Fatiha, we said, Iyaka na'bud in Surah Al-Nas, Ilah Al-Nas, which is the one you worship. SubhanAllah. And um, another interesting thing is, Surah Al-Fatiha, or the Quran, starts with a message to humanity. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All of humanity. Not Rabbil Mu'mineen, Rabbil Muttaqeen, Rabbil Muslimin. No. Rabbil Alameen. What did Surah Al-Nas end with? Min al-jinnati nas This message is a message for humanity. Open for all. So it's a reminder for us believers to, يعني, number one, study this book, internalize its meanings, seek guidance from it, live by it, and then share it with believers, and then share it with what? Humanity. It's a message for humanity. It's not a selfish, selfish message just for Muslims. Okay? Um, In Surah Al-Fatiha, it's a collective call. Iyaka na'bud, in plural form. In terms of worship. Here, it's a private matter. A'udhu. Not na'udhu. A'udhu. I seek help. Because you, shaitan with you, one-on-one. It's a one-on-one battle. Whereas in ibadah, you need collective. Why? Because it's a collective effort. You seek worship of Allah and enslave yourself to Allah in, in collective form. And Surah Al-Fatiha teaches us how to um, you know, develop this, uh, this guidance in a community level. Iyaka na'bud, iyaka nasta'in, ihdina, group level, you know, effort. Where Surah Al-Nas is individual. Alham- Surah Al-Fatiha started with positive. Alhamdulillah, Here Surah Al-Nas is talking about something negative, shaitan and his wiswas, okay? Balance. In Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamd was a choice, right? Alhamdulillah, you're saying it out of choice. Here, it's a command, Qul. Qul, obey. So part of Islam is choice, part of it is you got to obey. There's the balance between the two. And uh, in Surah Al-Fatiha, we seek refuge from two groups. Here also two bad groups. Min al-jinnati. One nas. See how it's, it's beautifully split? And um, lastly, the idea of uh, gratitude. So Al-Fatiha, uh, you know, the emphasis was on gratitude, being thankful, being, being grateful. Allah has given us these two gifts at the end of the Quran to be grateful. That Ya Allah... And we need to say Alhamdulillah after he gave us Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas. Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, that you gave us Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas to protect us from this severe, severe evil of external evil from, Fala- from Surah Al-Falaq and shaitan's evil from Surah Al-Nas. Have you ever felt grateful for these two surahs? Yani? This is the connection between Fatiha and Falaq, subhanAllah. So with that, we conclude this, uh, this series. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, inshallah, you know, accept these humble efforts. Uh, may He accept it and grant us, uh, you know, sincerity and this effort. And may He put barakah in this effort. We really, like, our last, like, just some messages uh, of reminders that please, please, please try to memorize these surahs. Review them. Don't have that ego issue that, alhamdulillah, I've done just amma. I've done 40 hours of, you know, study of these surahs. And now I know them. No. Don't get stuck into that trap. No, keep going back to them. 
You gotta have this continuous relationship with this Quran. Memorize these surahs, recite them in your salahs, remember the meanings, and of course share. Teach, try to teach this stuff uh, to your kids, to your spouses. Watch these videos. If you're watching the videos on YouTube, watch them collectively with your families on, you know, stream them on your TV or whatever. If you're in the car listening to the podcast, you know, make it a habit to l- listen to them in your, in your car, make use of your time. And, uh, you know, throughout the series, whatever was, um, you know, of, uh, whatever error happened from me, because you know, obviously I'm human, I'm not a prophet, I'm not an angel, so maybe some, some mistakes happened there, some errors happened. That was from my shortcomings and from shaitan, and whatever was good was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we, we conclude by saying, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Subhanakallah, Bihamdik, Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant, 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 Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant,